it's Monday, it's May, it's May, it's May, it's May, it's May. Uh, I'm your host, Lynn Antwi. Welcome to 90 Day The Melanated Way. We are talking all things happily ever after. But before we get started, let's do some housekeeping. I want to shout out some new Patreon subscribers, Janice and Mason. Shout out to y'all. And of course, can't forget Olivia, Vanessa, Trisha, Sandra, Carol, Trina, Danielle, Rebecca, Marianne, Nia, Raydella, Linda, Lydia, Brianna, Crystal, Nicole, Amanda, Julissa, and Donna over on Anchor FM. Thank you for making this show possible. Shout out to the live chat. And uh, of course, all of y'all that are watching on Facebook, what up, what up, what up, what up? Um, let's talk about supporting the show. So, you know, if you have commitment issues, I do have, um, you know, Cash App, Venmo, PayPal. Every dollar really helps you guys make this show amazing. So, you know, it is my birthday month. It is my birthday month. So please think about uh, supporting the show. Every dollar does help this show. Uh, what up, live chat? <clears throat> um, let me tell you a little something. There was so much going on in the 90 day world that I, I, I is all I can say. And this news and gossip this week is gonna be explosive because there is so much going on. And on that note, let's talk about Happily Ever After because this episode had me feeling all kinds of way. Hey Jojo, hey girl, hey. Had me feeling all kinds of way. Like I, let's just get into it. So we started off with Angela. And Angela, I thought it was hard to watch her come out of the anesthesia. Anesthesia. I thought it was hard. Like, and I want to know what you guys think. Was it hard watching her come out of it? Because like she had her fists all balled up and like her eyes closed. And I just was like, wow, I know she just had major surgery, but like it just, I don't know, it was more than I expected, I suppose. And I just was like having a hard time watching her going through that process and then when she her first thing was like where's mike like she didn't know where she was and you know it was just it was hard and she was in pain and you know the doctor obeying talked about how she'd lost four pounds but she's still double d's and i want to talk about that shortly because it was just a lot Amanda said, it was a lot. It looked like she got stung by a thousand bees. Yeah, it, it was more than I expected, I suppose. And I I guess I don't know. We need Dr. Julissa, who is an anesthesiologist in the house, to tell us, to walk us through a little bit about that process. Um, and then we see that his assistant, Dr. Obey's assistant, um, talks about what her diet is gonna look like moving forward. Clear liquid diet for a couple of weeks, no soda. She really had to be, like, she has to be consistent um in this new healthier lifestyle and i just don't think she's gonna do it y'all i just i don't like i know we've already seen her end results and she looks amazing but i don't think she's changed a lot i think like having the gastric bypass has made her eat less but i don't know necessarily if she's eating healthier and that's just totally my opinion um but she's worried. She's worried about what her boobs will look like. She's worried about what Michael is gonna think. And when asked originally, like, hey, do you wanna call Michael? She like shook her head no. And jumps into her ride chair. She's a complete mess. Like she is a mess. 
She's not over anesthesia. She's just a mess all across the board. And thank God for her friend Jojo being such a good friend um, and just really being there for her. Um, so I thought that that was good, but I want to ask my first question because I want to talk about it a, a little bit. So she goes back there. So let's talk about her next day. She wakes up, she's still groggy. Uh, her friend Jojo has bought her a bunch of liquids and Angela's acting like this liquid is poison to her. But I also remember that her, the assistant said, you know, she needs to sip. She can't just gulp it all the way down, which is what she did. She gulped that first thing all the way back. And, you know, had she sipped it, I think it probably would have gone down easier. But, she, you know, Angela is her own person. She's going to do whatever whatever she wants to do. No one's going to tell her what she, what she should and shouldn't do the right way. Um, but she's upset about the size of her breasts. And she's really upset about it. She's like, this is not what I asked for. This is not what I expected. And she feels like Dr. Obang took more than she agreed to. So my question to you guys is, do you, should Dr. Obang have taken more off of Angela's chest than, than she agreed to? Because when I went back and watched the episode, he did say it was going to be like two pounds. So it wasn't like he said, oh, I'm, I'm not going to take this amount off. But Angela made it seem like she didn't agree to the amount that he took off, which was two pounds on each breast. And so she was like, I feel flat chested and I can't believe it. And, you know, it brought the question to me whether or not, you know, making your medical decisions and you're already under, what does that look like? And do you think that Dr. Obang did more than Angela expected? Or do you think Angela didn't understand? Because I also remember when he was drawing on her, you guys remember when he was drawing on her? And she was like, oh, well, I trust you. Like, whatever you you say, I trust you. So on the one breath, you're saying, I trust you. And the second breath, you're saying, okay, I agree with what you're saying, which was two pounds each. But then afterwards, she's kind of having a little bit of buyer's remorse. And so I think that she just really didn't understand the process. Um, Amanda says, when she loses weight, it'll look good. Yeah, I mean, she's she's one day out. She doesn't even know what the results will look like yet, yet she's already complaining. But I also think that that's her personality. Like she's ready to like, just complain. Fist, fist like this. Um, so she's like, what the hell happened? I can't believe it. I feel flat chested and on and on and on and on she went. Um, and then she gets to the doctor's office and Dr. Obang calls Michael and she's already complaining again. She's like, what took you so long to answer, Michael? Right? Uh, it's in the middle of the night there. Maybe he was sleeping. Like, Angela, it's not only just about you all the time. And I get that you just had major surgery, but like, it's the middle of the night there. I'm sure he got to his phone as quickly as he could. But Michael's sad. He's sad. And he feels like he's confused and he's concerned and they don't look big to him. Dr. Obang says they're going to be beautiful. They're still going to be double D's. She's not going to have to wear a bra, all of this stuff. Raydella says maybe she should have been listening more and less flirting facts. Those are straight facts. And Crystal says she probably signed a consent, but didn't listen to everything he said. I feel like that's absolutely the case. So, Michael's concerned. He's not really impressed with what he's seeing. 
And Angela is getting mad at him for not being impressed, but you're also mad, Angela. So I'm confused. Like, what are you upset about with Michael? Like, Michael has been against the surgery since the beginning. So why is he all of a sudden going to be elated? If anything, he should be happy that you made it through safe and you're, you're healthy and happy and all of that stuff. But, you know, I don't think he's going to be jumping up and down with joy because you have smaller a smaller chest. Like, I just don't think that that's going to happen because he's already said that that's not what he wanted. Which brings me to my next question, you guys. Does your partner have a say in what you do with your body? Does your partner have a say in what you do with your body? Because I thought it was interesting that Dr. Obang was like, well, call your husband, call your husband. And like, let me explain, you know, what I've done. And Angela talked about how like, you know, is this a normal spouse response? And like, some people leave their spouses because of this. And Dr. Obama said, you know what, they're still big. And you know, if Michael doesn't think they're big, he's gonna have to really start falling in love with your mind, right? Your whole body, not just your chest. And so that's my question. Like, does your partner have a say in what you do with your body? Because I find that an interesting question. I think that it absolutely should be a conversation, especially if you're, you know, married to the person. Um, but I think at the end of the day, you have the final say. But I'm not married, so I don't know. What do you married people think? What do you think? Let me know in the comments below. Let me know in the live chat. But it definitely was a concern of Michael's. It was a concern of Angela's. And Angela is basically like, well, if Michael doesn't want to be with me and he only married me because of my chest, then, you know, I can either get implants or I can get a new husband. Okay, Angela, calm down. Calm down. I think the anesthesia hasn't wear, worn off quite yet because you're acting a bit over the top. Um... Crystal says, it's a discussion. I don't think they should have the final say. However, if you think your partner isn't going to stay with you uh, when you make a change, that's a problem. It is a real problem. And I also think too, you know, you're with that person, mind, body, and soul through thick and thin. And, you know, Dr. Obang gave a excellent example. He's like, what if some type of sickness happened and you had to get rid of your chest? You know, what, then what? Would Michael be gone? Those are, those are conversations that I personally think you should be having with your spouse or your partner moving into the future. Like, hey, this is what I think. What do you think? Like, why are we waiting till after the fact to have these conversations? It's very bizarre. It's very bizarre to me. Um, so yeah, then I just wanna say that I personally don't think Angela has changed her lifestyle. And like, I'm jumping ahead to the preview that I saw for next week, but I want to say it before I move on to the next couple. But for her to still be smoking, sitting in like a wheelchair kind of thing, whatever it is, I was just blown away. I was just blown away. If anything, I was just blown away. Like, how are you not taking this serious? This is your health. Plus, you're a little bit older. So, like, I don't understand. I, just, I don't understand her. And I get she's her own person. She's going to do what she's going to do. But, you know, follow the doctor's instructions, at least while you're healing. It's very bizarre. Uh, JoJo says, of course, anything uh, you do will also reflect your husband. So talk first before deciding that's couples. That's what couples are for. Uh, it's a walker. Yeah, it's a walker. Well, yeah. 
wheelchair walker. It's a walker. Um, I didn't realize she was gonna need a walker, to be honest, but apparently uh, she did. And I can't wait to see what that whole thing looks like. Moving on to Andre and Elizabeth. Y'all, I had so much to say about these two. Okay, so first of all, Elizabeth is working from home. Let's address that. She's working from home and she acts like she's the only person that has ever worked from home while caring for a child. Like that's a, and she did it for one day, y'all. One day and she needs a nanny. The multitasking was too much. She needed, she needed a break. She needed Andre to come home to come help her. All of this stuff. And I just want, and no judgment. Everyone has their own threshold. Well, a little bit of judgment. Everyone has their own threshold. However, like you've done it for one day. I would think that you would maybe like try to get a routine happening. And then if it's too much for you, then be like, hey, you know, let's discuss the nanny option. But like one day you're already talking about a nanny. I don't know. There are single parents out there. There are people that work two full-time jobs and like raise three, four kids. And they don't say, and they don't have the money and the luxury to have a nanny and they do it. That's all I'm saying. So uh, Andre, he comes home with the biggest attitude that I've, you know, attitude for days. He tells Elizabeth that it was a mess. It was all drama. He's complaining about Charlie and, you know, he's doing the cussing thing in front of their little daughter, Ellie, which I think is just something that they do in their house. I always find it shocking. And I just felt like, you know how Ellie started crying? She started crying because she felt that negative energy that Andre just brought into the room. Like he just brought the whole negative energy vibe of the room. Like, bitch, you're killing my vibe. Like that's how I felt. And I know that his daughter felt that vibe too. And that's why she started crying and being cranky and all of this stuff because you're yelling and cussing and all of this stuff right in front of your little baby. And you don't think that she's picking up on that energy? She is. So he comes in saying how Charlie was doing this and Becky was doing that and they called him names and they said this about me and they did that about me. Can you believe it? I was like, first of all, you are definitely not telling what the story is. You definitely didn't tell your wife how you came in thinking that this was your property, even though you put zero dollars into it. You have zero experience and you came in with attitude. And you know what? You want to talk about Charlie being jealous of you? I think you're jealous of Charlie. Charlie went 50-50 on this property with his dad. So he is the owner. He has the experience. So he knows how he wants to flip this house. You're coming in straight out of you know, real estate school with no experience, haven't worked in the past two years, but you want to call the shots? Like, are you kidding me right now? And yeah, maybe Becky was a little out of pocket, but she was out of pocket because she felt like she was out of the loop. And again, I blame Charlie because Charlie needs to sit down, have an adult conversation with all his adult children, including Andre, and say, this is what your role is going to be in this business. And this is where Andre is going to fit in, in this business. If you're not gonna do that, you're absolutely gonna get power struggles, especially when you have an alpha Charlie and an alpha Andre butting heads thinking that they're in charge of everything. It's very, very, very bizarre. Um, I just, I think it's very bizarre. So he's complaining to Elizabeth that 
you know, his her siblings have been calling him names. And I just thought that was super immature and hilarious because it was like, I'm gonna go and tell my wife that you called me these names and I can't believe it and how dare you. And then Elizabeth is like, oh, and no one is gonna talk to my husband like that. Not even my sister. Okay, y'all calm down because you already know that Andre has a little bit of an anger issue. He has a lot of attitude. And maybe you're just kind of hearing one side of the story. So let's just settle down just a tad. Um, so Andre thinks that they're all jealous of him and he doesn't really want to work with them. And he thinks that it should just be him and Chuck. Now, here's my question to you. Okay, here's my question. I have the answer. I have the answer, I have the solution, okay? Andre, if he has such a huge issue about joining the family business, because you, we all know, you guys, it's the family business, so all the kids are involved. If you have such a problem, why not just go and get, you have your real estate license, go and get your own job. Go to any other reputable real estate firm, Put in your application, put in your resume, and go work for someone else. If you think that you can do it the best, go work for someone else, get the experience, and then start your own business. Problem solved. You don't have to work with Chuck. You don't have to work with Charlie. You don't have to work with Becky. You don't have to work with Jen. You don't have to work with any of them. Why don't you go ahead and get your own job on your own and do your own thing? I, just, I don't understand it. I don't understand it. I really don't. I don't understand it. Go and get your go and get your own job. If you have all this experience and you know what you're doing, go and get your own job. Why do you have to work with Chuck's business? Why? Because you want you think that you want to continue to mooch off of Chuck and get the hundred thousand and then do your own thing. But what you're not willing to do is humble yourself, get some work experience, learn the business from the actual business aspect and not the book aspect and work your way up. You're not willing to do that because you think that, you know, you know the best. It's awful, it's awful. But I have the answer. Go and get your own job. You won't have to answer to anyone. The only reason you don't wanna get your own job, which brings me to what we're gonna talk about next, is his immigration. So next day, uh, he has a two-year green card, which is standard in America. Uh, hey, Stevie. Hey, Stevie says he wants the money train from Chuck like the rest of his kids. Facts. And Amanda says he's actually lazy and doesn't want to work. It's the truth. Hey, Raydella. And Raydella says he doesn't want to work. We all know that. We all know that. That's why he won't go get a job, which brings me to this immigration. So they go to their immigration attorney. Uh, his two-year green card is going to be up. So if you haven't gone through that process, you know, your first... Um, Temporary green card is for two years. They see how you do, and then uh, you have to renew for 10 years. You have to go through a whole process all over again. And according to uh, Emil, who is their immigration attorney, that process has been uh, fine-tuned. Hey, Faith. Hey, girl. Hey. Um, has been fine-tuned, so it's harder, right? So there's, like, biometrics you have to do, fingerprinting you have to do, the whole background check you have to do. You have to prove, like, your income and, and where you live, all this stuff. But it is, you guys, it is a real, like, a whole process. 
right? So I thought it was interesting that Emil was saying, you know, it's the worst time to be an immigrant in America right now. They're making it harder uh, to stay in America. And um, you need kind of hundreds of pages of evidence to prove that you are who you say you are and your marriage is exactly who what you say it is. And she says the biggest hurt, hurdle for him is his lack of employment. It's going to be an issue. And he's like, oh, well, I started working. Andre, you worked for one day. And you didn't even work that one day. You just fought that day. You didn't learn anything, clearly. And yet you're working. But guess what? Elizabeth is like, oh, no problem. My dad, Chuck, will write that reference letter for you and say, hey, you're a hard worker. Meanwhile, the lawyer knows that the whole time he's been here in the America, in the America, that's really great English, my dad. The whole time he's been in America, he has not worked. He has not worked. And they said that he has two years not working, but in that same conversation, they've been married for three years, together for five years. So you haven't been working for three years. Three years you haven't been working. You have not been a contributing member of society. And you guys, don't come for me. I know that he was at home dad, stay at home dad, taking care of the baby. And that's, that's a job, absolutely. Absolutely it is. But I personally don't think he wants to work. I think he wants to have the riches that he thinks Chuck has and the rest of the siblings have. I think he wants the lifestyle without putting any work in. That's what I think. I think he feels like he's entitled. I think he feels like he married into money. And so their money is his money. And he wants to have a business, but he just literally, he, was, he wants Chuck to be like, here's your business and here's the money. Go get more money. Instead of like, hey, I need to work for this. <clears throat> I just think it's bizarre. I think it's bizarre. I think it's really entitled. And I, I, I just can't understand why he just doesn't want to work and he can't work elsewhere. So then Emil says, listen, also, is there anything I should know about in your past that's going to come up? Because when they rerun you for this 10 years, anything can be on the table. And he's like, there's nothing. At this point, he says, I'm going to say I have nothing to hide. It's buried. Okay, so to me, that's an oxymoron. You have nothing to hide, but at the same time, it's buried. So you do have something to hide, but you just hit it. And you think no one can find it. So again, the arrogance is, it's, it's mind-blowing. It's mind-blowing, you guys. It's mind-blowing. You think that you, individual Andre, is going to outsmart U.S. Immigrations and Customs. I think it's U.S. Immigration, U.S. Customs and Immigrations. You're going to outsmart them? Is that Because that's what it sounds like you're saying. And if I'm wrong, hey, Janice, hey, girl, hey. If I'm wrong, tell me I'm wrong. But... It sounds to me like he thinks, Andre thinks that he's going to outsmart immigration. I'm going to tell you this right now. Andre, you are not. You are not going to outsmart immigration. They're going to find whatever it is that you have buried in your past. And because you lied about it, or not even lied about it, because you buried it and didn't come clean about it, it's going to come around and bite you in the butt. And then what? They talked about deportation. 
They talked about not getting your green card renewed and that whole process. So I just, I don't know, like, I don't understand. I don't understand. And it comes to my question here, guys, because I think it's a, a big one. I think it's a big one. Do you think Andre is hiding a criminal background? I think he is. And I think it's a huge one that he has not told Elizabeth about. I think it's so big because when she asked, when the lawyer asked him and he looked over at Elizabeth, you could tell in that look that she had no idea. And that's why he was saying, at this point, I'm going to say I have nothing to hide at this point. It's, that's a huge, listen, you guys, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. It's a big, big deal. Uh, Lucia says, both Andre and Libby think they are the best thing that's happened on this earth. I think both of them are super arrogant and conceited. Yeah, there's a lot of arrogance going on in that family for sure, for sure. I'm just really surprised by Andre and I can't wait, y'all. I cannot wait because, you know, now that he said that, you know, the internet sleuths are out there. And when I tell you these sleuths find everything, myself included, um, they're going to find it. Whatever he's hiding, he, he should just say, this is what happened. You know, it's in my past. Maybe it happened five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago. I was young. I was dumb. Whatever it is, I've moved on and I've learned from it. What can I do? Do that get ahead of it because what you don't want is you don't want the internet sleuth and you definitely don't want immigration finding it and you losing this lap of luxury that you've been living. You've been living for two, for two, I want to say three years. I don't care if they said two years, it's three years. You've been living three years, not having to like do a nine to five. I don't know. Are you gonna have that same lifestyle if you get deported? I, I don't know. I think you're probably gonna have to work. Chuck's not gonna send you, you know, cash apps to live your lifestyle because he only really gives you money because he married his daughter. So Janice says he said it was taken care of, it's gone. And you know what? I, I know he said that, but again, you still have to tell your lawyer exactly what it is, especially because you think you buried it. If you buried it, that just means there's something to hide and that's not a good thing. Hey, Nicole. Nicole says, I think he may have done something, but I don't think he's a bad guy. Just very arrogant and Libby's family just really brings it out in him. You know what? I love that you are so optimistic. I think he comes off as a total arrogant know-it-all that doesn't know anything because he hasn't shown us anything, you guys. We've seen him for how many years now? Three, four, three, four years now. And it's just pure arrogance and it's it's anger and it's like volatile. He's always like ready to like, ar, ar, ar. it's like he wants to fight his way in into the family. But, you know, sugar rather than salt is going to get you there. And like, he's entitled to Chuck's money. Is he really though? Like, I remember when Andre first came on the scene, he was like, I'm the head of the household. I'm the man. I'm the provider. Yet he hasn't provided anything except his being. So I don't know, you guys. Like, I get you, Nicole, but like, I really think that he could probably do a little bit more 
humbleness and learn a little something and just be gracious and have gratitude and, and be thankful that he has the lifestyle that he has. And, you know, just take it down a few notches. No one likes a know-it-all arrogant person. No one likes that. Uh, Stevie says, I think he's hiding an ex-wife or something. Oh my God, that would be, that would be so juicy, Stevie. If there was like an ex-wife or some kid that he hasn't been talking about, that he didn't tell anyone about, that would be juicy. Juicy. Okay, moving on to Ronald and Tiffany. I just, I don't even know. So Daniel calls Ronald, and we learned in this episode that Ronald talks to the kids numerous times a day from South Africa. Um, and he's trying to convince Daniel to tell Tiffany to come live in South Africa. And one of the things I was a little concerned about, not concerned about, but questioned you guys, is that remember when Tiffany first came on the scene, she was moving to South Africa, moving, right? They all were like moving, but none of them really moved. They stay like two or three months, which I don't consider moving. And I've talked about this before. I think if you stay somewhere extended for a couple of months, doesn't mean you moved there. It just means you stayed there for a few months. Living like is, hey, I've lived here for a year or so. But if you like are just going somewhere for a couple of months, you haven't lived there, but whatever. But I thought I remember that she said she was open to living there. And I thought I remember that they were looking for apartments. But then she feels, and she said in this episode that she doesn't feel South Africa is safe and that Daniel couldn't go outside and it's unsafe and she can't do that to her, her kid. Well, I really hate the stereotypes, you guys. I really hate the stereotypes and I really hate how it's perpetuated in America, I'm sorry. I feel like everyone should travel. Maybe where Ronald lives specifically was not a good area, but not all of South Africa is unsafe, okay? It's not. Many, many people live in South Africa and are safe. So the stereotype of saying, hey, I don't wanna move there because it's unsafe, it just, it bothers me, you guys. I'm just gonna say that it bothers me. And so I didn't like that, but whatever. And then uh, Ronald's talking about how he can't save money for the tickets because even though he has a job, he doesn't really um, make that much money. And so he's like, you know, maybe Tiffany will meet me halfway. Maybe she pays half and I pay half. And I was just like, okay. I mean, I guess, but Tiffany has been saying that she's been supporting you and all and all the kids and herself this whole time. And yet you don't want to do extra. Like if this one job is not paying you enough, then get another job, get a couple of jobs. It's just you that you're taking care of right now. You're not even taking care of your kids. You're not taking care of your wife. So like go and make some, use this extra time and go and make some extra money so that you can bring them over instead of saying, hey, Daniel, you know, tell your mom every day that you want to come to South Africa. You want to come to South Africa. Well, guess what? That bites him in the butt because Daniel's like, well, I'll come visit and I miss you, but I don't want to live there. And, you know, I don't want to live there. And so what happens because of his criminal history, if he gets declined, then what? He thinks that they're going to pack up and move and, and go be with him. And Tiffany has no, she's, she's not doing it. She has no interest in doing that. 
And so then what does that mean for the relationship? I think it means that it's over. If she's not willing to move there and he can't come to America, then then what do you do? Continue a long distance relationship? And I was also thinking about it, you guys, the whole time that we've seen this couple, they've never like, again, lived together. They've spent like a few months here and there in their two year marriage, but they've never lived together. They've never lived together. And, and I think this is the first time that I remember that Ronald even has a job. And then what we also find out in this episode is that he um, had a relapse about a year ago, went to the casino and lost it all. I, it's a lot going on. I feel bad for her. Like I feel bad for her. She puts up with a whole lot. She puts up a whole lot. Yeah, Janice, yeah. Tiffany is beautiful, but you're right. She was moving to South Africa for good. She knew he was getting out of rehab for a gambling addiction, but she was sure he had changed. Again, everything you say is spot on. Oh, thank you. I think she jumped into this too fast. She absolutely jumped in it too fast. And I think that she's she is now realizing that, hey, this is a lot to take on. She's already caring for two kids and herself. And now she has this, you know, I don't know, like, I, I know that I don't know anything enough about addiction to speak on it, but I know that it has to be hard on her. And I know that we remember that she picked him up from rehab. And so her journey and even her talking about when he hits rock bottom and all of that, it's hard for her to go through, you know, so she has a lot on her plate. So not only is she dealing with a husband that, you know, is recovering addict, but also too, he doesn't have a job. And so I thought it was very interesting that he also slid in there, you guys, I don't know if you heard it, but he slid in there that if Tiffany decided that she's not moving to South Africa, that he won't let Tiffany keep the kids and he's gonna do everything in his power to fight her for custody. I, if his visa's declined, I was like, um, and not to be an asshole, but you can't even take care of yourself. You can't even take care of yourself. You don't have enough money to take care of you. You can't afford to buy tickets for your family to come visit you, yet you have the audacity to say that you're gonna fight her to keep the kids. And also too, I know that Daniel is like your son, but he's not your biological son. So you're, you can't fight for him. You're not like, wait, what? No, no, sir. That is not how it's going down. No, sir. Nope, nope, and nope. Is the court going to give primary custody to the mother that has raised them from day one, who has provided for them for, from day one, who has paid all the bills from day one, who's provided a stable, loving household from day one, who's now moved them into a new apartment from day one? Or are they going to award custody to the dad who is biological dad of one and, and not the other, who has not held down a steady job, who's also recovering at it, who does maybe not have the, like stop plans, just stop it. Just stop it. It's just stop it. It's just, it sounds, just stop it. You're not gonna let Tiffany keep the kids? Well, good luck. Because guess what? Tiffany's not gonna get on a plane. And if you're threatening her, she's not gonna let the kids get on a plane without her. So you're gonna be SOL, my friend. 
I think that, you know, you need to think about what you're saying. Um, <clears throat> then I thought it was interesting when uh, Tiffany met with her sister, Laura, and talked about how she's holding the secret that Ronald doesn't know that she doesn't ever want to go move back to South Africa. And if his visa's declined, she's not going back. And I felt bad for her. I felt so sad because the reason why she can't have that conversation, and you guys, I'm big on communication. Communication is key. If you can't communicate with your partner, then that is the major issue. It's going to be a major issue, and that's what's going to break you. And however, she feels like she can't have that conversation. She feels, her words, that she has to walk on eggshells because she doesn't know if she tells him that, if he might relapse and like wreck his life. That is a heavy burden to bear, my friends. That's your partner. That's your spouse. You want to be able to talk to that person about anything and everything and hope that you guys can work it out. So I felt so, so bad for her. I just felt so, so bad for her. I just was like that. You're carrying all of that, plus you're providing for your family, plus you have to worry about what your husband may or may not do, knowing that he just had a relapse a year ago. It's a lot. It's a lot. And she just turned 30. And by the way, it's Tiffany's birthday today, everyone. So happy birthday to Tiffany Franco-Smith. She turned 30. So happy birthday to Tiffany today. Moving on to Ezwelu and Kalani. Um, I'm going to pop up my question so you guys have time to think about it. Actually, let's do this one first because I didn't ask you. Do you guys think Tiffany and Ronald are going to make it long term? Do you think that Tiffany and Ronald are going to make it long term? Do you think he's going to get approved for his visa? Because now that I think about it, he's been waiting a long time, you guys, years and years. And I know not including the pandemic, not including this last year and a half, but the, the year and a half before that, it's been a long time for no decision. Now he's finally getting his interview, they said, but he's been waiting a really long time. So do you think that they're going to make it? Raydella says, nope. Stevie says, nope. Krista says, not if he can't get to America. And Janice says, no, they won't make it. So everyone in live chat is basically saying, nope, they don't think they're going to make it. All right. So on to Azuelu and Kalani. So I'm going to pop this up here. Be ready to pick your team. Team Azuelu or Team Kalani. All right, so Papalo made an appearance today. I love that guy, I really do. I think he's full of wisdom. So he shows up at the house. It's a full house now, because he's back from California from work, and we know Colini is there staying, Azuelu's there, Kalani's there, Oliver's there, Kennedy's there, Lisa's there, it's a full house. And uh, Lo's gonna take Kalani out for coffee just the two of them. He wants to have a chit chat with, with his daughter and he wants to know what's going on with his Waylu. And she's like, it's good. It's bad, but it's more bad than it's good. Um, and she doesn't know really what she wants to do. Uh, Mama Lisa told Papa Lo that, you know, Kalani's considering or talking about divorce. And so he just doesn't think it's a good thing. Um, 
Kalani wants to, she feels like giving up. She's like, what, at what point do you say it's enough? Is it a month? Is it a year? Is it five years? Is it two? Like, when do you say, Hey, it's enough and I'm done. She feels like she's right in the middle. She's, she can lean either way. She can lean to like stay together or she can lean to divorce him. That's where she feels. And Papa Lowe is like, well, divorce is never good. You have kids, you need to work it out. Uh, divorce should be your last resort. It really has only been two years. And, you know, divorce is for people that give up. And he's like, you know, I thought you were stronger than that. Y'all. <laughs> I, okay, so here's what I'm going to say. And because I know a lot of people are saying a lot of different things online. People are like, oh, Papa Lo should stay out of it. And, you know, people shouldn't stay together just for the kids and all this stuff. I don't think that that's what he was saying. I think he was saying, you guys have only been married for two years and you married someone who was super, super young. It was like 22, right? Never been married. And all of a sudden now you guys are married. Don't forget, like you lost your virginity to this guy. So you didn't have a lot of experience as well being a wife. He had no experience being a husband. You two need to work on this. It has only been two years and throw in now you have two kids and it's a lot. So you got to work on it. And I personally think that they remember when last season they went to therapy. Why did they stop? Because they literally have communication issues. That's their problem. They talk at each other. They don't talk to each other. And that is the main issue. If they could both use their words and actually listen, they could go all the way. You guys, they could go all the way. And that's why I agree with Papa Lowe where I say, I feel like as well that you can't give up. You can't give up quite yet. Like if, you, if you've done all the work and it's still not working, hey, feel free to, to go your separate ways. But neither of these two have done the work. I personally think that as Weilu, from what I'm seeing on TV, has come a long way, you guys a long way. He's much more mature. He's actually really trying to communicate. I personally think, and I love Kalani, but I think that she's regressed. I think that she speaks to her family, hoping that they hate him still and be like team Kalani. And really guess what? They're like, well, you know, Papa Lo's like, well, I have seen as Waylu change. He looks like he's changed. He's doing the work. And you know, Kalani runs to her sister spews all this stuff, but doesn't tell Azuelu this, the issues that she's having to his face, right? So you're making him the bad guy, but you're not communicating to your husband what your issues are. And then when you are communicating with them, you still throw on your family, which you know triggers him. So y'all, I'm team Azuelu right now. Like I really am. I think that he's trying and I think that she's kind of sabotaging it. I really do. I think she's sabotaging it and she's so used to having her family in her business. And you know what, guess what? You need to step away. Even though you live with your family, your relationship with your husband should be your relationship with your husband. You should bring your issues to your husband first and foremost. Yeah, go, you know, talk to your sister about this and that, but don't talk to your sister before you talk to your husband. Don't talk to your mom and your dad before you talk to your husband. Why did Azuelu have to learn from low that you're considering divorce. Why is it the first time he's hearing this from Lowe? And yes, he said, oh, you know what? She talked about it like in passing in the past, but this is the first time that she was serious about it. 
you're serious about having a divorce and you haven't even broached the subject to your husband and your dad, who you know he's scared of, is the one that relays the message to him? Oh no, my friend. Kalani, I love you, but you are absolutely in the wrong. You are in the wrong for this. How, how do you build a bond? How do you build a bond? How do you build a bond of communication and trust and long lasting relationship if you're not talking to your spouse? I don't get it. I, like, I don't get it. I just don't get it. I don't get it at all. So he has that conversation with her. He tells her, you know, as well as changing, be patient, give him a chance to make it work. And I agree with him. Then he goes uh, off to play golf, which I thought was great. And it's not the first time they've gone golfing. They're like golf buddies now, which I think is awesome. They're building, you know, that father-son relationship. And Lou is like, you know what? Listen, I'm here for you. You have my phone number. You know, I went through what you went through. It's two different cultures like colliding together and you have to learn to make them work. And, you know, if you want to call me anytime and talk about it, I'm here for you. And I thought that was a beautiful, beautiful moment, you know, and that's it. I just, that's it. I'm going to jump into the live chat because a lot of you have a lot to say. Uh, Nicole said, like you said before, communication is key. And I feel like Kalani is not com communicating with Isweilu. Absolutely, she's not. And Angelica says, team no one, LOL. The way Kalani talks to Isweilu feels degrading. She talks to him like a mom to a man child and she's surprised that he is a man child. And Faith says, team Isweilu. She tells her family too much. And Crystal says, Papa Lo wouldn't vouch for Azuelu or recommend that they stay together if Azuelu was so bad. Facts. Those are facts. And then I'll give this to uh, Lucy Lucilla. She says, I don't know who needs to hear this, but sometimes your kids will be better off with divorced parents. Having kids around toxic relationships will have a greater negative impact on them. I agree with that. I don't think they're there yet, though. I don't think that they're in a toxic relationship yet. I think that they just don't communicate. They don't communicate. They both want the same thing, but they just don't know how to communicate. They both want to be in a happy, loving relationship. They want to have a lasting marriage, but they both, again, I'm going to say this, they don't, they talk at each other. They don't know how to communicate with each other. And they're both new to marriage, new to long-term relationships. So it's going to take work. You can't just be like, oh my God, I love you. I love you. I love you. And then, okay, let's get married. Okay, boom, let's have some kids. Oh, but let's not work on the relationship. You have to work on the relationship, your whole relationship. And they're going to be ebbs and flows. Some days you're going to love your spouse. Some days you're going to hate your spouse, but you really do love them, but they're going to get on your last nerve. Some days your spouse is going to love you more than you love them. And some days you're going to love them more than they love you. It's ebbs and flows. It balances out. But guess what? If you use your words and you communicate and you say, this is what I'm feeling today, this is what you're feeling today and talk about it and work through it and both decide as a unit that we're going to move through this life together, guess what? It will work. Oh, I should have charged $9.99 for that. <laughs> so yeah, that was them.
Jovi and Yara. Jovi and Yara. So they're going to have date night. Yara's super, 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 super nervous to leave Milo alone for the first time. But I really am going to give Jovi props for also making sure that they spend time together as a couple because that's where it all started. I think that that's important too. Uh, so Gwen comes over and, you know, Gwen is everyone's favorite grandma. I got to tell you, she is the best grandma we've had on 90 Day Fiance ever. And so she comes over, she brought presents. She's willing to just like, you know, be there and support every, in any way she can. And, you know, she thinks that Yara is being a bit overprotective and Yara is kind of freaking out a little bit. Doesn't want Joby to hold Myla, kind of doesn't want to hand over Myla to Gwen. She makes a comment that, you know, Gwen was a, a mom 25 years ago and Gwen was like, well, actually 30 years ago. And I realized things have changed, but you know, I raised two boys, two men, and you're married to one of them. So she must be doing something right. Uh, so I thought that that was interesting, which is gonna bring me to my question for you guys. Um, is Yara being overprotective of Myla? Do you think she's being a little bit more overprotective or do you think it's just new mom jitters? And like, you know, being in a, a new country, new new spouse, new living situation, new baby, new mom, all that. Do you think it's just that? And she's really just wants to make sure that she's doing everything, you know, the right way, the right the way that makes her feel comfortable. Let me know what you guys think in the comments below. Let me know what you think in the live chat. Yes, I agree. Gwen has turned out to be awesome. So they go out for date night. And Jovi has a little secret to tell her that he's like worried to tell her. Um, but, you know, they do have a little bit of talk about like the last time they've had sex and it's been a while because she just had a baby. He thinks she looks beautiful, which I just was like, you know, that's awesome. You know, just supporting your wife. I just love the way these two are interacting now. Um, but Jovi has to leave for work early and he has to leave for work in a couple of days instead of a couple of weeks and she starts crying, you know, cause it really is the first date that they've had alone since they had a baby. And she doesn't want to feel like she's alone. She doesn't want to feel like she's gonna be a single mom. She feels like she's not supported. Uh, she, you know, wants to know what he thought their life was gonna be like once she, he brought her over and they had a kid and all of this stuff. Um, so she's really upset about it. And he's, he's upset too, right? Because he has to leave early because of quarantine. He has to quarantine for a few weeks before he can go to work in Guyana. And then he's going to be gone for a couple of months. So I'm going to address this question. And then I want to hit you with another question. Faith says she's missing her mom. Stevie says a little bit of both a new mom and Yara being Yara. And Raybell says she's a first time mom. So it's not unusual. And Nicole says, new mom jitters and different country. And Crystal, our resident, says, nah, she's being a new mom. Everyone goes through the same thing and have the same concerns the first time around. So I agree. I think it's I think it's not. I think she's being a little like, hey, I, I'm trying to get this. Hey, Empress. Hey, girl. Hey. I'm trying to get this right. Okay, so. There's that. 
Now it's going to bring me to my second question that I want to talk about with you guys, because I have my own take on this as well. Should Yara have thought about her lifestyle slash Jovi's job before she got married? Because what I thought was interesting is that she's blaming him. She's like, well, what did you think? Hey, Judy. Hey, girl. Hey, did you think about what you would do when, you know, you brought me over here and okay. Yeah. Jovi should have thought about that, but Yara, you should have thought about it too. You knew what his job entailed before you married him. You knew what his job entailed before you started dating him. And guess what? While he was on his job traveling the world, you were traveling with him. So like, I don't, I don't understand. Like, okay. I understand that she's a new mom and she doesn't want to be by herself. And it's like new mom jitters, like you guys said, and a little bit of being scared, being alone for the first time with your new baby. I totally get that. However, the part I don't get is that you being mad at him for going to the job that you knew he had before you married him. It's very odd. It's very odd to me. Like he can't not work. You can't work right now. So he, he's, the provider so he's got to go to work and you knew what his job was he hasn't changed that so I feel like if you're going to tell him he should have thought about it you should have thought about it too and really thought am I going to be okay with this lifestyle because guess what his dad does the same job and it's not like it's going to be like this just today and tomorrow this is your your life your husband's going to be away for work months on end for your life. So I, I'm just, how did you not think about it? And how do you not play a role in that? You know, like, I don't know. You're going to have to somehow find a way to be comfortable with it. Cause I don't think he's quitting his job anytime soon. Yeah. Rodella said, Yara should have thought about this before coming to the U S Empress said, you received a lot of good press on John Yates. That's good. Um, because Empress, I break the tea. Y'all don't know how much tea you miss on news and gossip on, when, on Thursdays. I spill all the tea. And I'll say this. So that video that Stephanie said didn't exist, I found that video. I had that video. Well, I didn't find it. A source. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rephrase that. A source sent it to me. I have the video and I posted the video and I'm still waiting for a cut of whatever prize money because I don't see it, <laughs> but I didn't actually find it myself. So maybe the source got the money and so be it. Anyhow, yes, uh, you know, I'm breaking the tea y'all. You really should come over to my Patreon because you are missing out on all the tea. And if not, you know, make sure you're liking and subscribing telling a friend to come on over and, and like and subscribe and join us in the live chat. Amanda says, also, Jovi seems to like his job. He said that before that he likes that he'll be home for, for weeks at a time and not working. He said his dad did the same thing and it was great. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absol absolutely. So I just think that that was something that they should think about, but they didn't, so they're going to have to work that out. And I know they're going to work it out because I feel like those two communicate. They joke around, but at the end of the day, they really communicate their feelings. And I think that that's what really it's all about that I've been saying um, this whole time. Amanda said, I'm the only one that thumbed up so far. You guys, hello. 
Hello, thumbs up. Wherever you're watching, just take a quick minute and pop up a thumbs up. It really does absolutely help. So thumbs up. Thank you. All right. So I want to talk about Mike and Natalie. First, I just want to say, what's wrong with Natalie? Like, honestly, what is wrong with her? Why is she being the way she's being? Why? It's hard for me to understand. It's hard for me to understand. She, like, I am all girl power, support each other. If you guys know anything about me, I'm always trying to be neutral and saying positive things because I do think that the cast get a lot of hate and, you know, us fans, we're, we're like rabid fans. We say what we mean and we mean what we say. So I always try to just be kind and neutral. But like this episode had me in my feelings. Like I wanted to call her the B word because she was, she was a B word the whole, like this girl, as soon as she got up, she got up on the wrong side of the bed. And I felt for Mike in this situation. I was like, what, literally what is wrong with your wife? What's wrong with her today? So She's cranky en route to Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Mike's trying to make jokes with her. He's trying to like, you know, tell her, just chill. We're gonna have a great Thanksgiving. We're gonna celebrate my birthday and his mom, Trisha's birthday. And she's like, he's like, hey, open the window, pop that negativity out the window, pop it out. And let's just, you know, enjoy each other. No, she's like, like total negative energy. like. You know, that song, Bitch is Killing My Vibe, that. Like, don't kill my vibe. And you're killing my vibe, and it's super early in the morning. And I get that Mike, he said that he's a morning person, super early morning person, and she's not. And she needs her coffee first, all that. But it wasn't even that. It was, like, she was mean, y'all. Like, mean. I would have just pulled over real quick, told her to pop out, and I'll see her when I got back. Because this person right here is not gonna, you already wrecked his birthday. Now you're trying to wreck his Thanksgiving trip? Like what's wrong, what, what are you so angry about? I don't understand. I don't understand. I don't understand. So she says she doesn't know anything about Oklahoma. This is the only funny thing she said. She's like, oh, but I know the Wizard of Oz. And I was like, wait, what? And she's like, oh, it's a cartoon. And he's like, no, that's Kansas. So that was the only funny thing she said to me. Um, so she is worried that Trisha's not gonna like her. And she's really, I think that Natalie's holding on to some pent up, hostile, angry emotions towards Trish. Because I think that that whole calling off the wedding, like say, stand up and say, you object really, hurt her feelings and I think she's holding on to those hurt feelings and I think that again communication seems to be the key of this episode use your words and have a conversation with Trish or have a conversation with your husband and tell him what you're upset about instead of like passively aggressively like I don't know lashing out at him it's just it's hard to watch I'm just like why are you so angry it's too early so they get to the airport and he says like, you know, you can sleep on the plane and she lashes out again. I've told you a million times, I don't sleep on the plane. And then he's like, well, you know, when we get there, you know, you can make your Ukraine dish and I can help. Oh, oh she says, no, 
only authentic Ukraine people should make this food. And I was like, Natalie, I saw, I've watched your YouTube videos and I've seen you make food that's not authentically you from Ukraine. And you've actually put on outfits of the country that you're making the food to, for. So I, I'm gonna need you to clarify exactly what you're talking about because right now you sound crazy to me. So Trish picks them up at the airport. She has birthday balloons and she admits she wasn't happy that they've been married. She did. She wasn't really for it, but she's going to try to make the best of it. And Natalie makes it super awkward, gives her a hug. And then Natalie does that thing where she stares the person down and the person stares back at them. And then you're just staring at each other. And then she does this weird thing. And have you guys noticed it? She always compliments that whatever they're wearing and you know, she doesn't mean it. She's done it with Bo. She's, done it with Trish a couple of times. She did it again with Trish this time where, oh, I like your shirt, it's beautiful, oh my God. So like that faux connection and you, we can all feel it. We can all feel it. What, why do you do that? They get to the house and I, I will say this, I feel, and you guys don't shoot the messenger. I just feel this because I've gone to, you know, Nana's houses and auntie's houses. And I feel like there's a generation that that were um, collectors and they collect stuff and there's a lot of knickknacks and they always have like those cabinets and it's full of just knickknacks. So Trish collects pigs, ceramic pigs and they're all over the house. There was a lot going on you guys. And I feel like, I feel like it's like a, generational thing but there was a lot going on in the house pigs and there was like these wood things going on there was like a whole there was just a lot going on and natalie didn't like it and natalie gave that fake oh well the house is, looks like a museum and i guess like if you if she likes it right natalie what's wrong with you then with the birthday cake she didn't sing happy birthday she didn't even wish trish happy birthday and she's like, I can't eat this cake. And she just sat there. Oh. Oh. I just, I don't understand what's wrong with her. I don't. And then the whole antique baby crib and the jokes. I don't know. Natalie's behavior was just off-putting. And even Mike said, I, I don't understand her attitude sometimes. I don't understand it. I, I just Listen, I need to know what's wrong with her. Like, and then you guys, okay, I actually think I know what's wrong with her. And this is why I told you, I usually can get the scoop on anything, but this couple, I don't, I don't know. Sometimes I think they're still together. Sometimes I think they're apart. Sometimes I think that this is all fake drama. And then other times I think it's real drama. I don't know, but she's upset because she feels like she is a big energy person. She likes to socialize. She doesn't like to live in the country. And when she was back in Ukraine, she was a journalist and an actress. And so she wants to do what she wants to do out here. And she's feeling that living in the Pacific Northwest, it's not giving her the opportunity. And so she's, I think she's upset about that. But then again, I'm gonna say, you didn't just meet Mike yesterday. You knew exactly where he lived. You knew exactly how he lived. You knew who he was. So again, I'm gonna give you guys a little bit of tea. We've talked about this. Raydella knows, Amanda knows, all y'all know. We talked about this way last year. So this is not Natalie's first 
marriage. It's not her second marriage either, right? She's up there in her marriages. And in one of her previous marriages, she wanted her husband to move to New York City with her because she wanted to pursue her acting career. Because he had children, he said no. And that was the downfall of her relationship. Now, I'm not saying Natalie married Mike to come to America. You guys can come to your own conclusions. But what I will say is that she's already written a book. We've all seen, and if you haven't seen, you know, head on over to the Melanated Way, it's somewhere in there, that she has done music videos. She's done movies before in the past. Right now, she's running for the Maxim uh, 2021 cover girl. So she really, she she wants that lifestyle. She wants that Hollywood lifestyle. We've seen her traveling right now. She was in New Orleans. She was in Florida. She got, you know, that Sanabello surgery done. So she's really trying to make herself be that entertainment person. And, you know, she is upset and she's, I think she's taking it out on Mike, but Mike has shown you who he was from day one. And I don't think he was ever going to change that for you. So you're going to have to come to terms with that. That's how I feel. She's going to have to come to terms with that immediately, if not sooner, because the way she's acting, I personally just, I'm tired of it. Like, you're either angry or you're upset. There's no in between. And there's a lot more anger. And she never turns inward and be like, hey, what's my role in this? Because what is your role in this? You're playing a big role. You're super Debbie Downer and you you lash out. It's very, it's very like bleh to me. Last and certainly not least, and I Brandon and Julia, and I really don't like like where this storyline's going because I really love Julia. I love her little quirky personality. And so I kind of don't like that this is the angle they're taking with her. However, this is what they're doing. So she's out for drinks with drinks, dinner and drinks with uh, Brandon's friend, Melanie and her bo boyfriend, TJ. And Julia has just like a bad attitude from the, from the get go. She's mad because it's a beer spot and Brandon should know that she doesn't like beer. Uh, she's jealous as soon as she sees Melanie and she doesn't want to talk about the past. She just wants to talk about the future because she or the present because she had she wasn't part of the past. She doesn't want to try to get to know Melanie at all. And you know, I saw it. I don't know if you guys saw it, but I saw you know how when you very first meet someone and the pleasantries are there. And I saw Melanie tried. She she like hey like how's it going? How did you guys meet? She's trying to do the pleasantries and Julia wasn't giving her any of it. Just looking at her all crazy. And then you saw when Melanie was gonna flip. She flipped the script in her mind and I, I saw it when she looked over and was like, wow, I just met you. Like all of this, she didn't say this, it's all in her mind because I've seen it and I probably have done it once or twice in my life. But you see it where you're like, oh, you're gonna be a jerk to me? Okay, I'm, not, I'm just gonna be me then. There's gonna be no little small talk, no nothing, let's get right down to the nitty gritty. So I kind of try to ask like, hey, how did you guys meet? And you know, how did it go? And you were like not having it. And so Melanie was like, I personally think you guys rushed into it. Like how long have you guys even known each other? You know, TJ and I have been together for five years. And you know, some people say that uh, <laughs> people come to America 
uh, just to find a man to get their green card and then they bounce. And then she blinked, blink, blink, and smiled. Y'all, I died. I died. I was like, no, she did not just go there. Yes, she sure did. And she went to camera and said, hey, I tried to be nice and she wasn't having it. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and tell her what I really think. I'm going to go ahead and tell her what I really think. And she sure did. And she said, you know, Julia, you should care about what Brandon's friends think because you're all part of this. We're all part of the same social social circle. And Julia was not having it. She freaked out. She got up. She stormed out. And she said, Brandon, take me home now. Listen, listen, y'all. What you're not about to do is embarrass me in front of my friends because that old saying is so true, you guys. I don't care what year it is. Those first impressions are the lasting impressions. Melanie's gonna tell all Brandon's friends, gonna go on social media and say, hey, listen, this is how Julia was towards me. You can't come back from that. And even if you become friends, you can't come back from that. And so this whole jealous Julia, I don't think it's the business, you guys. Like I just, I'm not for it. I feel like it's a little too much. Is Julia overreacting to Brandon having a friend that is a female? So my question, I guess, to you guys is, can men and women be friends? Can men and women be friends? She's in a relationship. He's in a relationship. He's married. She's in a long-term relationship. Can they still be friends? They've been friends for years. So Lucilla says, Julia being so jealous was so ridiculous. The girl's man is right there. Plus, no one on earth wants Brandon. Facts. Judy says, yes, I think men and women can be friends too. Empress says, Julia was just plain rude. Absolutely. And Crystal says, she's doing the most. You're sitting in front of her boyfriend. Seriously. Even the part where she was like, oh, you went over to the farmhouse? Well, what were you guys doing in the farmhouse? The boyfriend's right there. And speaking of the bo boyfriend, TJ didn't say a word. I was like, does TJ speak? Because he, he said one thing at the end. He's like, that was crazy. You're right, TJ. It was crazy. Julia was acting the most. Doing the most. Um, yeah, I, was, I, just, I don't like this look on her. The jealousy look. She needs to get in and check. You already got the man. No one's trying to check for Brandon. This girl, Melanie, is definitely trying not to get with... She's been with her dude five years. She's not trying to be with Brandon. Trust and believe that. And then for... Oh, just It was too much. It was too much. Between Julia and Natalie, it was too much for me, y'all. Like, um, no. No, thank you. No, thank you. I don't like... I don't like this overly jealous Julia. It's not a good look on her. And I'm just literally exhausted with Natalie. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's all. That was the show, you guys. I'm going to jump into live chat real quick. Um, Empress says, take me back to Betty. Facts. And Crystal said, TJ was giving me Jess's husband, Brian, vibes. And Jella says, yes, men and women can be friends. Julia, stop it. 
Stop it. Guys, great show. Don't forget to thumbs up wherever you're watching. Like, like, like. It definitely helps me 100%. Um, tomorrow we're going to talk about the single life because we're still catching up and I have a lot to say about the single life. I'll tell you that. Um, and then this week's news and gossip, just going to be explosive. I do want to say this, you guys, uh, for any of you guys that are just totally into the 90 day world, like myself, really, really disturbing news out of 90 day. I will get into the details, um, more on the show on Thursday, but if you guys remember, the Jess and Jay season, the Jess, did I say Jess? Not Jess, I'm losing, Ashley and Jay. Let me rephrase that. Do you remember the season of Ashley and Jay? They were on a couple of seasons, but their season where Jay cheated on her and there was a barbershop. So there was a barbershop and then the barbershop guy, um, was kind of friends with the both of them. So his name was Kendall. And then there was another guy, his name was Mike. And remember you guys, Mike and Kendall kind of outed Jay for his cheating, how Jay was cheating in the bathroom and all of that stuff. Well, Kendall has passed away and it's alleged that Mike so the two guys that we saw on the show, Mike is the one that killed him. So I'm just gonna show you and you guys can read the story on Melanated Way and I'll get into details on news and gossip, um, but I'll show you a picture so you guys can kind of refresh your memory on who they were, uh, but here they are. So Mike is the one in the blue, uh, Kendall the one that passes in the tan and they were friends. They were good friends. They were really good friends. And apparently Kendall, that business was doing a lot for the community. So I just want to send thoughts and prayers over to his family. And I just, I don't know, it's weighing heavy on my heart. That, that was your boy. You killed your boy, allegedly. Anyhow, that's the show, you guys. Tomorrow, uh, same time, same place. And don't forget to like and subscribe. Tell a friend, tell a friend, tell a friend. And I will see you all tomorrow. Hey, love and life. Hey, girl. Hey. See you guys tomorrow. Bye for now.